0: We acknowledge and respect the first humans of the unceded land we call San Francisco, the Ohlone. We condemn the genocide of these and other tribes across the Western Hemisphere. We honor their legacy and history, and we support rematriation and sovereignty efforts. Welcome to Storied San Francisco, a podcast all about the people and places that make this city unique. I'm your host, Jeff Hunt. This is part two of our episode on Friends of the Urban Forest. If you missed part one, please go back and listen to that. In this podcast, we sit back down with Brian and Zama, two staff members at FUF, to talk about a wide range of topics from green gentrification and how Fuff aims to mitigate that to this last winter's record-breaking precipitation and massive number of lost trees. The first voice you'll hear is Zamas. Here's part two with Friends of the Urban Forest.
1: I think it surprises people a lot Mm -hmm. when they hear that green gentrification is actually a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, There are the inherent benefits that come with greening a space, Mm -hmm. but then there are also some negative aspects that come with it as well. Folks often feel, because we're working in the public right of way, unless they're directly involved with the process, they often feel like something is being taken Mm -hmm. from them, which is super understandable, which is why we work so hard to get people to be a part of the process. Select their tree, help us designate where the basin will go, etc. And so we consider ourselves a community-based nonprofit that plants trees for that reason. But on the other side of that, when you're planting trees, you're inherently increasing property values. You mm. could be pricing people out. And then back to the original problem, which is, is that what they wanted?
0: Mm, right, right. Right.
1: So always considering the impact that we're having when we're planting trees and, and that it might not always be positive.
0: Right. Thank you. Because, yeah. yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense.
2: That's absolutely the... That- synthesis and and summary was spot on i would add just briefly to it that our streets and sidewalks are public space and it's one of the last things and i've been working on streets now for almost a decade in one shape or form Mm -hmm. it's one of the last spaces that i think everyone feels like they have some right to say what happens in you know Mm. they're contested spaces in ways parks are maybe similar to but um, in ways that other parts of our urban geography aren't and When you talk about change, I think it's natural to ask the question: Why is this being changed, and for who? Right. Um, and if I didn't ask for this, is it being done to benefit me? Right. Um, and then it, you get into all sorts of different uses of there. There are, you know, are multi-generational family, multi-family households that uh, have maybe have a one-car garage but need. Four cars to for their separate jobs mm-hmm. and are using the sidewalk as extra mm-hmm. parking space mm-hmm. and planting a tree there would negatively impact their ability right. to, to do that. Um, that could go on, yeah. You know there are, Maybe yeah. But that's that's a big one. That's a huge one. Yeah. Maybe this is a good
0: way to segue into the program. Yeah. Like how it actually works. How plantings. From the ground up.
1: From the ground up. Absolutely. (laughs) Let's start from the beginning. Boots on the ground. Um, Let's get
0: into the roots of the... uh...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So our tree planting program, our community tree planting program, we call it that specifically, um, has, as Brian mentioned, has functioned very uniformly for the last... I don't know, like 30 years, it's kind of incredible to look back at files and see that people were doing things exactly the same way with some slight changes, mm-hmm. uh, like technology, for example. Right. Um, but anyways, so to get us started, we generally start with our community engagement team who does like on ground- the ground um, engagement with neighbors, with citizens, with business owners, with local nonprofits, um, local community organizations, anyone that works in a specified neighborhood that we've designated. I will go back a little bit. Are the areas that we work in are currently delineated by our grants, and so we're specifically targeting disadvantaged areas specifically okay. Okay. Specific economically parts
2: of the city. Correct. Got it. Okay.
1: Um, and so from there, we'll pick a neighborhood. We'll pick some sites in the neighborhood that look like they could a use trees yeah. <laughs> or b really like accommodate trees. Mm-hmm. Not every neighborhood has the right sidewalk have a tree planted on it right Um, which is why we have to be really strategic because if the goal is to plant every available planting space we have to check every available planting (laughs) space first so that's where my team comes in. We got boots on the ground. We walk uh, from block to block and see if there's any available place where we can plant. Amazing. Collect addresses. And then from that point, our community engagement team will send a letter and a postcard informing folks that live in that home or the tenants or the residents, landowner, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, that we will be planting a tree at no cost to them and that we would love them to be a part of the process. After couple of weeks to give them time to read over the the letters, get the postcard. Then uh, my team will come in and do initial site assessments, final site assessments, species consultations with people that have any, like, are you interested in flowers? Do you want a tree with purple leaves etc um so from there we then uh purchase the trees get all the materials that we need on site we find a location in the neighborhood where we can host our volunteers and then we have a big celebration i don't have you been to one yet
0: um it's been so 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 long like probably in the aughts
1: oh really okay well it's almost but i but i
0: i am talking with ben about doing one I think with y'all on the 6th
1: um May 6th I think yeah, so that or would not- be
0: yeah. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
1: that's a great, that's a great idea. So I want to come
0: out and take photos and maybe record.
1: I was going to say, yeah, it's a great opportunity. I, it's very lively, very energetic. The whole team comes out. We have anywhere from thirty to fifty volunteers. Wow. And we Plant anywhere from twenty to forty-five trees. Wow. We have a potluck. Um, you know, sometimes we work with corporate groups, so we've worked yeah. with like Salesforce quite often. And, mm-hmm. um, it's just a really light-hearted, fun day, and mm-hmm. our volunteers will plant the trees and come back for a potluck and then we nice. do it over and over again
0: nice a lot of oxygen to you mm-hmm.
2: yeah you're <laughs> guaranteed <laughs> to feel party. better after spending the morning planting a tree I think yeah. so yeah it's a good way to start the weekend okay
0: um and then so like do you have stats at hand like you I mean per planting you said that many but like you know how many how many plantings do y'all do a year are you back to sort of your max capacity <clears throat> Since the pandemic, I'll say. Oh,
1: that's a great question. We've actually shifted our maximum capacity in the hopes to put more energy towards community engagement and getting involved in the neighborhood. We're scaling back the number of trees that we plant in a singular planting. But for the stats, we have about 18 plantings a year. Okay. And anywhere from 20 to 45 trees per planting. Uh, This last fiscal year, we planted about one 1,120 trees.
0: Wow. Sorry. That's the sound of my jaw hitting the floor. (laughs) That's just a lot.
1: It's great. And we've also been able to maintain over 2,000 of the trees that we've previously planted. So we do tree care. We water 500 trees a week. The stats are real.
0: Thank you. I was going to ask about maintenance. So that is a huge part of of what y'all do. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So we maintain the tree for up to three years, sometimes even five years, depending on the species. Mm -hmm. We water the tree. If not us, then the city waters the tree every week for the first three years of establishment. And then at that point, the tree can tap into um, groundwater and, and survive on its own.
0: And what are those bladder... Bags that I sometimes see.
1: Yeah, we call those gator bags. They're our water bags. bags. Uh, They can accommodate up to 20 gallons of water. So it's a nice way to have the water percolate into the soil rather than all rush out and cause any sort of erosion.
0: It's almost like hipster coffee, right? It's like super (laughs) slow, just like this tree's getting Those bags have a
2: tiny, tiny one pinhole at the two at the bottom. That's it. And they drip, drip. Very
0: slowly. I love it. (laughs) But no, I mean, that is a really impressive number, especially because you just said y'all kind of, and I'm maybe putting words in your mouth, but like the focus seems like it shifted to quality over quantity. Like how we do it versus how many we do it. Exactly. Um, But that's still, that's impressive.
2: The other impressive stat that I would be um, neglecting my job if I didn't mention is that in those 40-plus years, we've planted well over 60,000. I think we're getting close to 65,000 trees. That's over half of the street trees in San Francisco. Yeah.
0: Is there a broad goal? I mean, we've talked about canopy and how San Francisco, at least compared to other cities Mm -hmm. its size, is, Mm -hmm. is lacking. Um, the kind of cover mm-hmm. that that we'd like yeah. to see here is that is that part of what the I big can do goal? That, is? Yeah. yeah,
2: the city has an urban forestry plan, um, mm-hmm. and and Zayma mentioned its goal, which is to plant every available planting space uh, on oh. the street. Um, that's the city's goal. That's the city's goal, and we are a key partner in achieving that. Okay, um, and I think what you're going to see in the coming years, hopefully, is. A both-and strategy to our work, which is both quality and quantity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I think we have identified, and not only the city and county of San Francisco, um, uh, the sort of consensus in in the community, um, the scientific community, uh, folks who make policy around climate, is that trees are essential green infrastructure. Mm. Um, you know, San Francisco is going to spend billions of dollars, for instance, shoring up our seawall along mm-hmm. the Embarcadero mm-hmm. to to deal with. Um, Rising sea levels. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to be making a similar investment in the trees on our streets because they have similar climate resiliency Mm -hmm. benefits when it comes to lowering the temperature during extreme heat events. Mm -hmm. Shaded neighborhoods are uh, sometimes up to 10 degrees Fahrenheit cooler than uh, neighborhoods without trees. And when you're waiting for a bus or you're walking to the grocery store, those 10 degrees of difference. Can have a huge impact on your health. Not to mention the fact that most of the housing stock in San Francisco doesn't have air conditioning. Right, right. we're not a city with central air, mm-hmm. right. and we're blessed with fog and this, you know, a city of microclimates. And our eastern neighborhoods, um, in particular, closer to the bay, um, experience hotter temperatures, and we are seeing more extreme heat events.
0: Mm, yeah. yeah.
1: Brian, I want to get this stat correctly. Yes. Based on a report just released by our Urban Forestry Council, the San Francisco Urban Forestry Council, we have planted 100 trees more this last year than we lost. So despite our organization planting over 1,000 trees, as a city as a whole, we've only gained 100
0: trees. Mm. So like take Friends of the Urban Forest out of the equation and we're like doomed. But to go back to no trees,
1: concerning, concern. Yes, I I mean no. Doomed is right. (laughs)
0: Eyebrow raising, to say the least. And
1: sorry, I meant to say that was before the storms,
0: right? Before that, well, maybe that's our segue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, fresh on my mind, I like, I actually was able to travel a little bit this winter, but like. Every time I did, and I was here for some of the worst ones, Mm -hmm. I'm like, what the heck is happening? Mm -hmm. And it was happening all up and down, pretty much all up and down the West Coast. But, like, let's talk about the impact of this 2023 winter storms in San Francisco. Uh,
2: We are seeing climate extremes here in California and certainly in the Bay Area and in San Francisco. Um, We went from three years in a row of extreme drought that um, dried up the soil, that weakened and stressed the root systems of our trees to a three or four months of incredible intense rain um, and, wind, and wind that were yeah. really unprecedented, um, yeah. or at least hadn't, we hadn't had that much rain and that much wind. Um, and so you had then soil that was saturated and became loose. And all it took is a gust of wind. Even mature, healthy trees that had strong, you know, normally would be strong and be able to withstand that, mm-hmm. were weakened to the point that they were much more susceptible to failure or to falling. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Do we can we stats nerd out on? So this,
2: I, I, I mean, I've been, gotten in trouble from Public Works about this. They are still um, they're still uh, our Department of Public Works, which um, uh, has underneath it the Bureau of Urban Forestry, which is the city agency that's responsible for. Maintaining all of our street trees um, is still is still finalizing their count. Supervisor Melgar is going to mm-hmm. be having a hearing in May, where they're expected to report out the total number of trees lost. Okay, I've been cautioned by uh, the head of Public Works not to um, that some trees look like they may be dead, but they have just lost large limbs mm-hmm. and they may okay. be able to survive. Um, with some additional pruning and care, um, but it's hundreds, probably thousands of trees that we've lost this year.
0: And that would count. I mean, if we're making a war comparison, like we have our dead and we have our injured casualties, but they,
2: but they, maybe some have survived. We're hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, more about that than I do.
1: Yeah. Trees are really resilient and if they're still standing and if they manage to leaf out in the next like spring. Then there's no point in removing the tree. It's still sequestering carbon. It's still doing everything that we need a street tree to do. So ideally, those don't become casualties.
0: Go tree, go. Go trees. Yeah. Yeah. Do we already have, because I've heard or maybe seen or whatever, read reports of like a record number of downed trees. But also I would say, you know, like just as dangerous and just as sort of symbolic of how powerful in how many storms there were, down large limbs. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so it is already kind of, like, All signs
2: point to this being a, a record-breaking year for tree loss. Yeah. Um, and, and it's had real impacts, unfortunately, you know, property and loss of life mm-hmm. included. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And then, so, where does Friends of the Urban Forest come in vis-a-vis that?
2: Yeah.
1: Well... <laughs> but There's you should ask. actually a lot going on federally with okay. with trees. There's right. a lot of money being invested into community and urban forestry. Mm-hmm. So ideally, a pot of that money goes directly to the urban forest of San Francisco. Okay. We need to plant not only more trees than we planted last year, we need to plant more trees than the last three years combined. Mm-hmm. We need to move quickly because, as Brian was saying, these effects are being exacerbated with mm-hmm. time. Longer droughts, more pores, more porous space in the soil, greater risk for mudslides. We've been seeing that enough as it is. We're having long, dry summers, wildfires. I mean, all of these could be remediated by the planting of trees. right. It's undeniable, and so we need to move quickly.
0: Um you said the federal government. I I'm, yeah. assuming, I'm assuming only recently. Uh,
2: uh, thank you, thanks to the Inflation Reduction Act. That yes. was uh, passed and signed into law by President Biden um, last year. Uh, the federal government will be investing $1.5 billion nationwide in urban and co- community forestry grants uh, over the next five years. And so we are hopeful that um, the city and county of San Francisco will get a sizable chunk of that to mm-hmm. the city. Um, that would help us eventually um, plant and, and do that, some of that catch-up work by growing the map of where we're planting right now.
0: Ooh, You just said map. Do y'all have a map
2: Friends of, of the all the... Forest.org?
1: It's on our website. Does yes. it
0: have all of the trees? No.
1: So it's a map of where we plant. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. But there is a map. Um, the, the city has a version of this, and then there's another, there's another website that has... Uh, called waterthetrees.org that does some of this work, too. There's a couple of different folks in this space, the GIS space, that are mapping mm. street trees and... You know, you can click on it and you can Mm -hmm. see the species that uh, Bureau of Urban Forestry and Public Works has probably what I would say is the most reliable version of that database. And you can go on and go down to zoom into your block and it will, you know, click on a icon and it'll tell you what species it is, what the address is. I'm going to have
0: fun with that. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe some of the listeners will as well. There
2: are over 120,000 street trees uh, across San Francisco. Yeah. And each one has a story.
0: I think so. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I mean, trees are trees are social beings. Oh, yeah. Are we going to talk about that? I trees just wanted are to drop that. Beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: Yeah, of course. I
0: believe that. I see things about that.
1: What are you talking about the mycorrhizal relationships? All yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, the data is clear and it suggests that trees are communicating with each other far more than we've ever thought before. Right. Whether it be through sharing carbohydrates through their root systems or sending out um, chemical uh alerts that there are pests in the area you know they warn each other if there are like wildfires in the distance they help remediate um loss in like nitrogen or any like fixed nutrient that might be limited in that that area they you know mycorrhizal relationships they make a relationship with fungi and the fungi make it so that all of these nutrients are able to be uptaken by the tree turned into carbohydrates you got photosynthesis.
0: Amazing, and also I would add, and I think this this extends to other flora out there. But like when you see time lapse,
1: oh my goodness. of
0: plants, you're like, oh, they're totally alive. They're and so like, dancing. <laughs> So I did
1: my, my master's research on ecophysiology. So I measured water, like moving through the tree, which is called sat flow um, for every 30 seconds, average to the half hour for two years straight. And when I tell you they react to like minuscule changes in temperature, oh, like within the millisecond, like they are much more reactive to our environment than we could ever comprehend or even imagine that we could be. Wow,
0: I, I love this stuff. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, I guess with the time we have left, mm-hmm. in addition to wanting people to know about mm-hmm. who you are, what you do, what do you want, let's say, the average listener to do? Action items.
2: Yeah, I, I can start. And um, I, I think some of us, I think it can be easy to take the trees on our streets for granted that they're just a part of the urban landscape and they've been there and they always will be there. And that's absolutely not true. Um, we have what urban forests we have in San Francisco because people have taken action to make that happen. And so that, that can take a variety of forms. It certainly can be coming out and volunteering with us Uh, for a Saturday morning planting. It can be making a donation to help support our work. It can be talking to elected officials and policymakers about how uh, street tree planting and care is reflected in our city's budget. What sorts of policies we have when it comes to mature tree removal for a variety of projects. Um, uh, All of those things require people to take action and Mm -hmm. we know uh, in this city that things don't change on their own. (laughs) People need to come together and raise their voices and and make themselves heard. And what I love about San Francisco is that it has such a long and proud history and a rich tradition of doing just that.
0: Mm -hmm. I was going to say yelling at each other, but (laughs) you you put it way more diplomatically. No, but I think that does speak to um, passion Mm -hmm. uh, coming from all sorts of different communities and people and for causes and
2: yeah and people are you are not alone people are certainly passionate about trees
0: Mm. nice was there more to the call (laughs) to action because i feel like y'all were gonna i
1: was gonna say reach out to your elected officials about the city budget i mean especially right now as you know these big ticket items are being discussed i can't think of a more important time
0: Mm. and then if because i i believe it used to be the case that if you're just like um Maybe even a renter, and you're like, "Oh, it'd be cool if there was a tree outside my." Is that something
2: people can do? We don't distinguish between tenants or, or owners when it comes to folks who live. We talk about residents. You know that just mm-hmm. um, because somebody rents, and you know, uh, over half of all San Franciscans do, I think, or it's close to that number. Yeah, um, we all deserve the benefits of trees outside of where we live and work and play. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't distinguish between whether you own the house or you rent it. Um, if you want a tree we got you yeah
0: that was Brian Wiedenmeyer and Zema Kasahun from Friends of the Urban Forest we're taking a little break from new episodes next week but do look for a bonus podcast with a special message in it next Tuesday we'll be back in June with a visit to the historic Bayview Opera House episode 18 drops on June 6th music for storied San Francisco was produced performed and curated by Otis McDonald Michelle Kilfeather does original photography for us Aaron Lim of bitch talk podcast is our contributing producer and the show is produced and hosted by me Jeff Hunt now in our fifth season We have more than 200 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're able to, please rate and review the show, and drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, weird, and healthy, and we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco.